Okay, so so last week we talked about with we're within a series called Stay Positive, and how many of you know that it's difficult at times to stay positive. It's uh, sometimes things are happen personally in your life, uh, and that makes it difficult. But then if you ever turn on something called news, that makes it very difficult to stay positive. And uh, if you believed everything to the degree that they tell you with the anxiety that they tell you it with, we would all think that tomorrow the world is over. And we don't know that for sure. Could be. <laughs> but we don't know that for sure. What we do know is that God is still in charge. Amen. And that in the end, when we look at Revelation, when we read other prophecy, it's through his church. So the kingdom of heaven has begun already, the fullness of it. It is coming about. And we're not going to do it all on our own. We can't do it all on our own. In fact, Jesus is going to come back and do it. Amen? But what he's called us to do right now is to be his hands and feet. It's really hard to do that if we are stuck in negativity. Because if we're stuck in negativity, then we think that nothing is worth it. Have you ever been there? You think that, well, it's just nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to get better. It's always getting worse. And we fail to realize that we individually can make a difference for someone. Everyone say someone else. So the problem is sometimes we think that we are Jesus Christ and we need to be savior of the world. When Jesus hasn't called us to that, he's called us to minister to one another. One. Okay? So some of us have a limited ability to minister and feel it. Man, we're the ones that need to be ministered to. That's okay. Sometimes you can't minister to others. Other times, God is going to use to reach one person, you have to realize that is what he's called you to and be happy in it. Be content. So instead of trying to figure out how we're going to have some grand idea to change everything, maybe we need to look over our backyard fence and see a neighbor that's in need. Amen? So that's what we're talking about when we talk about uh, staying positive. And last week we talked about being encouraging. And I have a video. God willing, this will work. Last week it didn't. Some of you know what I'm talking about. But for those of you who weren't here last week, you get to hear a synopsis of our last week's service and get to watch the bumper video that they didn't get to watch. All right, so let's, let's see if that rolls this time. When your friend is looking fat Cause he sits at home all day with his cat You could try giving him a yoga mat But he might not like that But stay positive When the girl at work is feeling sad She's way behind and the boss is mad Give her a hand that she has not had And let her know it's not so bad Stay positive Someone gets you a yoga mat, that's like kind of a hint, right? Isn't that kind of an odd thing to get somebody? It's like, do not get your wife on her anniversary exercise equipment. Don't do it. That may be sending the wrong message. We want to stay positive, right? So the better thing would be say, hey, come go on a walk with me. That'd be fun. All right, so we talked about a few different things, uh, and we reiterated these. Because our God is an encouraging God, I'm encouraging, right? So you're encouraging. You should be encouraging. 
And I want us to read these together, and that's what we did last week, the bottom part. I will encourage others daily. I'm not hearing you. I will encourage others spiritually, and I will encourage myself. So sometimes we have to start with our self-talk and what we're saying to ourselves. Is what you're saying to yourself in line with what Scripture says? Are you talking about yourself the way that Jesus would talk about you if you were in the room? Think about that. Jesus, yeah, he rebuked the disciples. He said, oh, ye of little faith. But he also, what did he do after that? He encouraged them to grow, right? He sent them out and taught them how to make disciples. He built them up. He pointed out the truth, but he helped them along the way. And that's why we're here today, because they followed Jesus. So our job isn't to uh, discourage people, but to encourage them. That's a very godly and spiritual thing that we can do. How many of you have heard the, the phrase before, the beatings will continue until morale improves? That sometimes is my discipline technique at home. I'm like, you're crying. I'll give you something to cry about till you stop crying. No, it doesn't work, does it? And so often we think that us joining in to the negativity, us joining in to being upset is going to create something better than what is already there. And it doesn't. What we're actually doing is we're being controlled by the negativity instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to encourage us. And the Holy Spirit's the encourager. So if he resides within us, then that should improve our life so that we can help others. And sometimes we try to fix people, and we think that God wants us to fix the situation or fix the person when he's actually just required our presence. Does that make sense? So sometimes God wants us to be there, not to fix it, but to be there. And, and that's where we start. We can't help until we're there, until we're being there with people. So because God is encouraging I'm encouraging. We're called to do that. So we're having these positive statements as to what we're trying to do instead of saying, well, I am not encouraging. That's just not in my nature. Delete, delete, delete all of that. And instead say, I am encouraging. I will be encouraging. I will help the situation. I will help others through being an encouragement to them because that is a godly thing to do, to build courage up into people. So because our God is encouraging God, I'm an encouraging person. Amen. We're built in the image of God, and so the, the farther we are in our faith walk, the more we should look like him and have his attributes and his characteristics because we're his kids. Amen. Okay, so today we're talking about I am generous. Everyone say, I am generous. Amen. I'm glad to hear it. Now let's take an offering. Oh, we're going to do that later. Yes, we'll, we'll get back. We'll get to that eventually. Okay, so I Something that I've, I've found kind of fun, because I've been trying to learn how to interact with people through social media and all that, and I know some of you are like, oh, don't do that right now. But we're, we're doing it in a positive way. So I asked uh, people on, on Facebook, what was some of the things that people were the most generous with? Like, what is something in your life that just was, it blew your socks off, it was generous? And so I printed those off because I can never be sure if technology will work for me. And I have some that I've highlighted because they're just so good. Because I want you to realize that there are a lot of people out there that share this characteristic. Because God is a generous God, and we'll talk about that in a second. But he's made people to be generous as well. 
And so I know a lot of times we're looking at the negative and the people that messed us over and the people that scammed us or the things out there that aren't generous. But I want to show you and, and read some of these stories. And some of these are from people in this congregation of how God has been generous to them through others too, okay? So this one says, when my husband got sick and we had no income right before I got a job and one of the local farmers knew we were struggling, he came over and when he left, he gave me an envelope with exactly what I needed before I got my first check. So God provided financially through, through a farmer. This one says, my son suddenly fell into renal failure and then dialysis and then we were told he needed a transplant. My husband and I weren't matches, so we had a friend offer. She went through so much to get tested and then finally donate. She is the best ever to us. That is amazing. I don't like being cut anywhere, but she willingly did that. That's a, another person said, I got a kidney. Someone else says, someone taught me the trades. This is from someone in our congregation. I was having a hard time financially a few years ago, and I was a part of a great banquet team. Sometime during that last day of the banquet, someone slipped $1,000 into my bag. I found it when I unpacked the next day. It was in a bank envelope that said, you are loved. I have no idea who gave that to me, but I know that they were a blessing from God. Isn't that incredible? God uses people. It's a, it's a great thing. Here, this one says, about seven months ago, a passerby gave $400 to try and help me fix my vehicle while it was broken down on the side of the road. I couldn't have been more humbly grateful. That's amazing. Neighbors brought me some food and loaned me money when I was down. Here, here's one. I will ever be grateful for the family who donated their child's heart so our daughter, daughter could live longer. A lot of people wrote that there was this guy that a long time ago died for their sins. That's Jesus Christ, right? It's the most generous offer. How about giving me food and shelter when I had none? That was another post. I like the creativity of this one. Someone donated a cruise from their vacation points so that we could have a honeymoon. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? And then someone else posted beneath that, I'm glad I'm not the only one who had this blessing bestowed upon them. Is there some kind of club we can join where we get the bonus points that other people don't want to use? Someone bought me a car. That was another one. Uh, here, here's one from our congregation. Someone gave up a child that they weren't equipped to care for so that I could have Alex. Yeah, that's a sweet one. There's a, there's a follow-up to that in a little bit. Someone paid for my family's meal after church, and another family gave us money to buy our kids Christmas gifts. What a blessing. Um, someone emptied their savings. To, this is incredible. Emptied their savings to help our family get by until the next payday. That's incredible. Um, and then uh, this is the response from Alex. Adopted me when I was younger. <laughs> That's sweet. There's so many great stories, isn't there? There's so many times that people show up and help each other. And I know it's so easy to forget those times. And when I look back in my life, I see so many times where God has blessed me beyond what I deserve. People were asking me, like, how are you doing this morning? And a few of them, I told them, you know, the old line, better than I deserve. And I fully believe that. Like, God's grace is abundant upon me. And it's not because I'm better. It's not because I deserve it. It's not because I've earned it. It's because God is a good father. And he cares for us. He cares for you. 
And so when you start to think about all the times he's blessed you and all the little things that he's done, it's incredible and it's overwhelming. Because here's the deal. God invented giving. God invented generosity. God, the creator, think about this. He breathed life into man and woman. He gave them the very breath in their lungs. He created the world around them, and he handed it to them and said, hey, you're in charge of this. You're responsible for this. You manage it. It's yours. And, and that's incredible. You think of all the sunset. I saw. I started seeing a sunset when I was driving out in the country last night, and I had to keep my eyes on the road. It was beautiful. I see, you know, the sun rises, and they're beautiful. You see, there was a bird that was flying. I know, I sound like I'm ADD right now, but sometimes I get distracted by nature. There was a bird. There's a nest at the top of that entry door over there, a mud nest. And if you step under it, watch your head because you could get some stuff on you. But I'm not knocking it down, and I'm not moving it because those are beautiful birds. And you see them flying, and their, their wings have this purple color. Think of all those little things that God made for your pleasure. See, this is the thing. God has created the mountains. He's created the ocean. And he created all of these things, the plants that we have outside. And yeah, we have to do things to maintain them and everything. But the truth is he created them and handed them off to us in an act of generosity, right? Then what happened? Then we figured out how to mess it up. Real quick, you know, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. They ate of the one thing that they weren't supposed to because it was the separation that God desired. It was a, an act of obedience that he wanted there, and they destroyed that. And they were booted out of the garden, but God still gave them the rest of the land. And when that started, from that moment on, a plan came into place that Jesus would come down to earth, that God would be so generous as to give his only begotten son so that some of us, realize this. Not everyone's going to choose this, but so that some of us would come to eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So God is what? Generous. God is generous. He's long-suffering. He's merciful. This is the God that we serve. So as his children, this is what we're called to as well. So when Jesus came down, he died on the cross for our sins. Then he ascended to heaven. But what did he send back to us? His Holy Spirit, amen? The encourager, the comforter, the teacher, the trainer, the coach that's inside of us. If you're ever doing something stupid and you hear a voice inside of you saying, don't do it, that's stupid, could be the Holy Spirit, okay? Could be the Holy Spirit. If, you ever, if you're ever somewhere and you, just, you have a thought that isn't your thought necessarily about being generous with somebody else or helping over here or, or somebody's name pops into your head, that could be the Holy Spirit telling you something. And that's his role. He's with us. So I know a lot of the times I'm sitting there reading through the Gospels and, man, it'd be cool to hang out with Jesus. And then I remember all of the people that were executed, beheaded, and you know, hung and crossed. I'm like, maybe not. But the truth is, he sent us the same spirit that raised him from the dead into our hearts and lives. There's power in that, amen? Think about that. If, if that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and that dwells in you, then there is something to it. Dynamos, there's power. Dynamite. That's where that, that word comes from, a little bit of, of Greek, fun stuff. But there is power in Jesus. There's power in the Holy Spirit. And so here's what he's called us to be. He's called us to be generous as he's generous, Amen? We're, we're all called to grow in these things. So uh, Romans 6.23, I want to show you this. 
We know this verse, but for the wages of sin is what? Death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. How much does the gift cost? It's free for us, right? What did it cost God? His son. Yeah, he came back. Well, yeah, but he still had to see all that. He had to go through that. He experienced that. So the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We don't have to pay for it. We don't ourselves have to be generous in order to earn it. So when we're talking about this generosity thing, I'm not saying you have to do this stuff in order to get God's pleasure and God's grace. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying instead is if we want to become godly, if we want to become righteous, if we want to be like Jesus, then we're going to live this out ourselves so the wages of sin is death but the free gift of god thank you lord it's free because i couldn't pay for it. it's too expensive is eternal life through christ jesus our lord it's a good verse okay luke eleven eleven. this is this would almost be good in, you know next week when his father's there right you fathers if your children ask for a fish which i don't know how many of your kids ask for fish now so this, is, this would be like if your kids ask for a happy meal. That's kind of the conversion for our language. Do you give them a snake instead? I know some of you think that's a great practical joke and you're going to try it now. But the truth is you don't, right? You give them what they need. You give them what they ask for. So you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you not give them, do you give them a snake instead? No, but God does what? He gives us what we need, Amen. So God is the good father in this story. He's the one that is the giver. He's the provider. He's the one that gives everything that we need. Proverbs 19.17 says this. If you help the poor, I really thought about this verse this week. If you help the poor, you are lending to the who. And who will repay you? He will. This, this is something I've struggled with, you know. When... When I see those that are begging or I see those that are in need and, and they constantly seem to have a need, what I tend to forget is I don't need to be repaid by anybody. Like they don't even have to use the money the way that I want them or would wish that they would use the money. You see what I'm saying? Because once I give it, it's a gift. And we'll talk about who we're to in a few minutes. But once I give it, it's a gift. It's And the truth is, if we look at the balance sheet, some of you can see this in your mind already. You just think that way. You're budget-oriented. Some of you are like, what is a budget and how do you spell it? <laughs> but you're one of these two type of people. Some of you are you're like, well, that's kind of a waste of money. There's no ROI on that. It's not really where I want to put my stuff. And I'm not saying you have to put everything towards there. But, but here's the deal. If we're going to look at the balance sheet of what we've given in generosity... And then we're going to look at the balance sheet of what the Lord has already given to us. The question is, are you giving to the poor and you've already been repaid? How many of you would say, no matter what you gave right now, I would put myself in this category, no matter what I gave away, the Lord has done more for me already. All right? But this is the promise that we have. He says that he will repay you. Not that he has already paid you, that, that this is just evening out the balance, that it's evening out. No, he will what? Repay you. Now, does that always look financial? I don't believe so. 
I think there's times it can look like different things. In all honesty, sometimes it is so much fun to be generous. And you feel so good after, after that. And I think sometimes the Holy Spirit is repaying you in that instant with joy because you're being obedient to God's word. Because you're doing what the Bible says and you're not just believing it, you're living it out. So that brings me to my, my first point here is I am generous. Write this down if you got a pen. If, if you're trying to keep notes, this is, I've got three of these, okay? I am generous with others because it shows faith in God. I am generous with others because it shows faith in God. Because if we believe the promise, then we have to act it out, right? If we believe God's word, then we have to walk it out. Sometimes we want to believe it, but not live it. And when we believe it, but we don't live it, then we're taking all the life out of it. There is no life if we believe things and don't live it. And so there's a lot of times where I've walked in the Christian faith and I believe things, but I don't live my life like I believe it. And with that, there's no joy, there's no peace, there's no excitement. It's much more exciting to live your faith out. So I am generous with others because it what? It shows faith in God. If God says this is the way it's going to be, then I need to live my life in that way so that I can see his plan come to true, right? If, if God says to help the poor and then I will repay you, then I want to see God repay me. I want to see God repay you. Because I know no matter what I give, God is going to give abundantly more than I deserve or ask for or wish for. And I'm telling you, it's not, it's not about being greedy. It's not about money. I'm talking about blessings in your life with your kids, your family, your home situation. The, the, all the important relationships in your life can be blessed because you're walking in faith in this area. So I am generous with others because it shows faith in God. Not only that, I want to see my kids see my faith in God. Why did you do that? Why did you, you know, that's more than you would give me. <laughs> you know, why are you so generous with others? Well, because I believe that this principle that God has said is true. If I help the poor, then God will repay me because I am building a future generation that follows God's plan, not just my own life. So I'm, let's read this together. I'm generous with others because it shows faith in God. Amen. I'm glad you're all on board with that. So my temptation with this is to believe that what I have is what I will live off of. That what I currently have or what I make is what I can live off of. And when I believe that, I am limited to what God can, I'm limiting what God can do in my life. Because if I believe that I need this to go buy that loaf of bread and I don't follow through with what the Holy Spirit wants me to do, then I am saying that there's no way God can provide for me. You, you with me? So faith says that I do what God's word says to do. So Proverbs says that the Lord will repay. And I know that God's gifts are great gifts and that God is a generous God. So if he's already blessed us, if we know and we can trust that he will bless us, how do we respond to God's extravagant generosity? How can we take care of the gift that God has already given us? And if we realize that God, uh, every good thing comes from God, then any money that you have, any car that you have, any possession that you have, it is really in your management, okay? It's really in your management. And if you really are serving the Lord, everyone say, Lord, 
then what you've done is you've submitted yourself to the authority of God. You've placed yourself under his authority. And if he is Lord, then really, in reality, anything that is deeded in my name, anything that I think I really hold possession over, it's ultimately my management that's at play in God's ownership. So my car is God's car. So God better take care of it when I'm driving, right? My house is not just my house, it's God's house first, right? My kids, I love them to death, they're my kids, but ultimately they're God's first. That's hard. The church that I serve, it's not, it's not my church. It's God's church. All, every relationship has to fall under that authority. So then if I'm really following as God, God is Lord, then, then my possessions are not my own, but they're his. Amen? And so when they become rusty and broken, you can pray this prayer. Like, Lord, I know um, I managed this correctly. Maybe you can replace it. <laughs> Maybe you can take care of this issue because it's yours anyways, God. No, but think about that. There's a freedom in that if you really believe it. Because then if God says, hey, I want you to do this with what you have, you're like, fine, I'm good. Because that's yours. You have full permission to ask me to do that. That's where we have to get to, allowing God to flow through us in that way. So uh, Matthew, Matthew 25, 31 through 46 and we've read through this before. Maybe you've read through it. It says this, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit down upon his throne, his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered in his presence. And he will separate the people as a shepherd that separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father and kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For what? I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. Thank goodness. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you what? Visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? I love this sentence. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the what? Least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. You were doing it to me. And there's judgment that falls upon those who do not heed this word. You see it on the screen right now. Judgment for those who do not follow the word of God in this. So our faith calls us to act out, amen? So here, here's the question I have for you. When we read this, uh, you know, maybe you don't have someone that's running around naked in your neighborhood. I hope not. But maybe you have somebody that is in need of clothing. Maybe you have somebody who, who their kids, you know, they, 
they, they're a little bit rough in the clothes area. Instead of judging them, maybe you should figure out how to help them, amen? Figure out how to step in. Maybe, maybe uh, there's somebody who's out, you know, mowing the grass, and you can tell they need a cup of water. You bring them water. Maybe there's somebody you pass downtown occasionally, and they're homeless, and they need food, and you give them a McDonald's gift card. These are the things that the Lord says that we're to do. Because when we're generous with the least of these, we are generous to whom? God. I'm generous with the least because it's giving to Jesus who gave me the most. Can we pop that one up? I'm generous with the least because it's given to Jesus who gave me the most. What did he give me? He gave me his entire life. Let's read that one together. I'm generous with the least because it's giving to Jesus who gave me the most. Whew. Jesus. When, when, I, when I help somebody in need, when I help somebody who is the least, when I help somebody who looks like they need help, I'm helping Jesus himself. 1 John 4, 7 through 9 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, that anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is what? Okay, and some of us stop there, because it sounds great, and I just have so much love for everyone. How many of you know that if you're around anybody long enough, it's hard to love them? <laughs> Why are you all pointing at me? Not truthfully. Love is not a, merely a feeling. It can be a feeling. I, pr I pray you feel that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you have compassion and love for others. But love is also a choice. Compassion is a choice to listen, to be present, to look people in their eyes, and to see that they were made in the very image of God. And when you do that, no matter if they're your enemy, no matter if they're your political adversary, no matter if they believe everything opposite of what you believe, then you ask for the Spirit of God to give you compassion and love for that person because no one is one to Christ through anger. It's only through compassion. And as God's kids, we should be the most loving place in the world. Because he's shown us that love and he's given that within us. So it says that. It says, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God himself is love. It's not just God loves people. He is love. And it goes on to this. And God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. I'm telling you, no matter what kind of love you have in your life, it's going to cost you something. And, and this is something that you have to, to wrestle with. 
If, if you want love in your life, if you want relationships that matter, if you want to care for people deeply, they will wound and scar you. They will say things that you do not take the right way or they say things the wrong way and it will hurt you. It, all of these things will happen to you, but I'm telling you, it is far worth going through life together with others than to try to separate yourself and build a wall where love cannot go out and love cannot come in. The truth is we are all flawed people, amen? So even the most loving relationship at times will have its barbs and it will have its weeds and it'll have its thistles. It'll have all of these things that are there, but it does not make it worthless. In fact, sometimes those areas in our hearts and our lives, when we deal them, when we walk through them, and when we have conversations, will actually build us closer together in love because God works through those rough spots. So just because they may not reciprocate, just because they may not handle themselves the way that you would like them to, does not give us an out and say that we do not have to love them. Because God and Jesus say to what? Love your enemies. But you don't know what they did to me. Love those that despitefully have used you. But it's too hard and I can't. I know you can't. But the Holy Spirit resides within you, and the Holy Spirit can give you the power to do it. Amen? So love is action. It will cost you something. It costs God the Father something. It costs Jesus something. And so we cannot just say, well, I love and I have compassion, but not show any effort or work towards anything. And that's, that's an important thing to do. So we all want to be generous, but there's one issue that we must deal with, and we, we hinted at this earlier. We have to choose our master. Choose your master. When we give our lives to serve Jesus Christ, we have to put him into lordship over it all. We have to put him in charge of it all. And so we are at this daily. We are either choosing self-governance to master ourselves, or are we choosing the Lord? We're choosing God the Father. We're choosing Jesus Christ. We're choosing the whole trinity and action and to be in our lives and to be in control and moving in our lives. 2 Corinthians uh, 9, 6 through 12. I think we have the verses there. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will what? Get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a what? A person who gives cheerfully. It says cheerfully, not tearfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to what? To load in your bank. No, share with others. As the scriptures say. They share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Woo! For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when you take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank whom? God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Thank God when something good happens to you, amen? 
Thank him when someone's generous with you because ultimately it comes from his hand. We need to examine where our money is serving God and where you're serving your money. Are you serving money or is your money serving God? Here's what I want to say is I'm generous because my money is serving God. I want everything I have within me to serve God and to be on that point. Amen? Chris, you want to run back and get your spouse? Get Miss Selena and the kids. She, she bossed you around earlier. I saw that. Oh. You send your kids. Amen. This is the obedience circle right there. That's some good stuff. The question that we need to look at when, when we're allowing the Holy Spirit to give us discernment about what to do in a situation where somebody has a need is to say, is this one of the least of these? Jesus, are, are you asking me to give to you in this situation? It's, it's, so, it's so tempting to try to rely upon our resources and our things to provide security in our lives. Because that's the, what the world teaches. If you want comfort, have this type of vehicle. If you want security, have this 401k plan. We're not giving any guarantees. The stock market could drop like it did on Thursday again. It could, it could bottom out. You know, the dollar, the dollar could become worthless paper like it almost is. <laughs> yeah. Then the truth of the matter is, no matter what we hold on to right now, I would like to give it to God and see it at play before, amen? And I don't just want people talking good about me, about you know what I was able to do after I passed. I want to have generosity now. There are people that have been incredibly generous with me. There's, there's older gentlemen... And, and families in, in my life where I've seen their generosity play out in churches. Uh, I've seen it play out in charities. I've seen it play out with their families and their children. And I've always looked up to them and say, you know, one day I want to have the gift of generosity. How many of you have said that? Like, one day once I'm set up, I'm there with you, Pastor Ben. <laughs> I've thought about that. And then it was a number of years ago. It clicked in my mind that I was thinking of it the wrong way. Yeah, you should want to be generous. But the truth is, it's, it's like a workout. It's like muscles. How many of you remember those? I have had a few in the past. But here's the deal. When you use it, you gain it. And that's what the, the Lord says in this. Is if you want to be generous, uh, then you have to start being generous with what you've given. And then God can give you more so that you, what, you're more generous with it. And, and there's so many different stories of, of people that were stewards of things. And when they used them for the glory of God, they were given what? More in abundance so that they could do more because God can trust you with a little. Then that means God can trust you with what? A lot. So some of us need to become faithful in what we have, and it may not be much, but it's like, well, I'm going to put a quarter in that plate, or I'm going to go help this person. I'm going to buy their sandwich or whatever. I'm going to do something. It's going to cost me a buck or two, and it's going to hurt a little bit, but I'm going to do that. And whatever you do, allow generosity to grow in your life. I realize that I can't wait until I have enough set aside to feel safe in order to be generous in my life now. 
Instead, I have to say, I'm going to trust you, God, in faith, and I'm going to be generous with where I think you want me to be generous, and I'm going to grow in this and work this spiritual muscle out so that when I am older, I can be one of those guys that I look up to. See what I'm saying? It isn't something you just fall into, and one day you're like, well, I can be generous now. No. People that are generous have a long path in the same direction of discipleship of it. And they're faithful with it. And then they count all these things. They say, well, man, when I did that, God helped me out here. And it did not impact me. And I can see God's hand in this. And I can see that God used that resource for his glory. And I can see that people were saved and people were baptized. And I, well, that's where I want to invest my money. And they, they grow in it. They don't just wake up successful in it. They grow into it. So some of you, uh, I'm not a huge speaker or talker when it comes to tithe or when it comes to giving to the church. I think that we should give generously out of the abundance of what Christ has given us. But I also think that sometimes we need to be a little bit challenged in what we're doing. We need to stretch ourselves just a little bit and see if God isn't good to his word. Amen? If you're going to believe anybody in what they say, it should be God. So some of you need to think about you know, tithing or even not even just jumping into the full 10%, but say, Lord, I'm going to give you 1%. And then once I, I think, I can, wow, God, I can trust you in that. I can give you two. I can give you three. Whatever it is, you can grow in that. But that's not the tail end of this message. We're going to do offering in a little bit. And this wasn't to, to gear you up for a huge collection, I promise you. I know you're going to do it anyways. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> no. Hey, uh, my ministry team's here today. Where are they? Okay, stand up. So when we were talking about generosity, oh, I'm so, I said ministry. You're right. I flipped them in my head. Missions. I'm sorry. Missions. Ministry team's here too. But we're talking about missions team. And so the missions are in charge of what we call God fund here at the church. So we believe that the church should give back to the community and should help the people within our congregation, but also outside and other charities. Amen. So we try to put 10% aside in order to do that. And we're going to do something that I have dreamed about doing for a long time here. I'm excited about this. Because I've talked about generosity, and often what we do is we pass a plate after that. We're, we're going to have the offering in the back after service. But instead of this, uh, I want every family to have one representative stand up. And so I'm talking like every household have one representative stand up. And our missions team is going to hand you a gift card. That gift card is for how much? Missions team, help me out. 25, right? And here's the deal. We're going to be generous as a church to you. And some of you need this. I understand that. Some of you need this today so you can go get groceries tonight. Use it for that because God is using us to be generous with you. Some of you know who the least of these are, who we were talking about before. And you're going to give this to your neighbor, to a friend, to a stranger that you see somewhere, to somebody who looks like they're having a rough time. You're going to use this to be generous to them. Woo! Now, I wish I could be Oprah every day and give you a new car. But this is fun. Because I believe that you're going to see God play this out. And some of you did not stand up and did not get a card 
Shame on you. We want to be generous and do not steal the gift from the church for us to give to you. Put your hand up and get another one. Get one, okay? Everyone get one? You got one? Yeah, get another one. Everyone, do you have one? Okay, good. All right. This is a chance for you to be generous. This is a chance for you to be thoughtful, but I don't want you to take too long. Give it a day. Unless you're not going to see that person or it's going to require something God already placed him on your heart, give it a day. Because I don't want this sitting in your, your back pocket or in your pocketbook for four weeks, okay? What I want to hear when we come back next week is what God did with it, okay? I want to hear how God blessed him. And when, when you give it to them, say, you know, God placed you on my heart to give this to you. So this is really coming from God. And he wants you to know that he loves you. Can you do that? Can you do that for me? If you need this card yourself, do not feel guilty about it at all. You use it, okay? Because I believe the church is generous, and we should be generous as a people. All right. I want you all to stand up. Yeah. So who is the least that we can help? I want you to say this with me because this is helping me. I'm generous with others because it shows faith in God. I'm generous with the least because it is giving to Jesus. And I'm generous because my money is serving God. Right, now I want you to hold that card. Who's got the card? You know, Put that card in your hand. Some of you already put it away. I'm sorry. I'm making you pull it out. I, I, we're going to pray over this card and this blessing that is going out. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. I thank you for, man, all the stories of generosity and even people taking the time to write them down. And, and generosity isn't just about money. I realize that. It's time, it's energy, it's effort, and it's a way of showing love. And sometimes it means mowing a neighbor's yard, and sometimes it means uh, going and making a hospital visit, and sometimes it means, it can mean so many different things, Lord. But we know that we're called because you're so we ask that you would help us to do that in Jesus' name. We ask that you would help us to, to minister as you've, you've ministered to us. And Lord, we pray for this card right now that are, that are in our hands. We ask that you would show us who it's to go to, what it's to do, 